0: Welcome back to live, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You remember early last week, you and I had a conversation where we looked at some numbers, and they, they tell me, uh, at least the smart folks, that uh, you know the focus group types. They tell me that spouting off numbers here on a talk show—that that's uh, that's not great radio. But we did it anyway, and what we did was we looked at. Uh, 2016 polling numbers compared them to today's polling numbers. Specifically, we looked at where Hillary Clinton stood in 2016 in the various battleground states, compared her position to today's position held by, at least according to the polls, by Joe Biden. And then we thought, all right, how much can we trust today's polls? Because what we discovered was Hillary Clinton, in many battleground states, was enjoying a, a, a wide lead. All of those states, Donald Trump ended up winning. Joe Biden, in this go-around, is not performing even as well as Hillary Clinton appeared to have been uh, performing in those polls of four years ago. So what does that mean? And you know you, you, might, you might you might you might feel the temptation uh, to apply logic to this scenario. but I think if pollsters have taught me anything is that this is not a game of logic and it's luck and everyone is just kind of rolling dice throwing darts at a board or uh, if you are into like the zoo social media, every zoo around the country has like a panda bear that speaks between two bowls of food. one of them is Trump, one of them's Biden. Uh, I'm not sure yet what Hogel has announced as the winner of the, this presidential contest, but polling. Polling. I obsess over it because, you know, it gives you something to do. But in the back of my mind, I always know uh, this could be just far, far off. Boyd Matheson uh, joins me now. <laughs> Boyd joins me now, host of Inside Sources, also opinion editor of the Deseret News, and you're like you're like a super like well-connected guy. You know some of these pollsters. I didn't even know they were humans until recently. They are uh, real humans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you had a conversation with Scott Rasmussen just this morning about polling. W- w- what did you learn during that conversation? Yeah, you know, Scott's, uh, Scott has such an interesting uh,
1: angle on all of it. He's an independent pollster now, and uh, as he's looking at across the board, uh, things have been pretty steady. The one thing about all of his polling nationally and, and in local races uh, is that it just it's just very, very consistent. Consistent. There's kind of that steady drum beat. Uh, and he really got to the point where he's saying, hey, look, this we may know we may actually know some things on election night. Come on. Uh, a lot of people are saying, no, it's going to take forever, forever. But uh, but sort of the canary in the coal mine is going to be Florida, uh, I think, because Florida's actually already started counting their ballots. So they are a little different uh, rules from a lot of other places right. that can collect the ballots, count how many there are, but then they can't open them and get processing until day of Florida actually has been counting already. So I think Florida. I mean, the president cannot win re-election without Florida, uh, and so I think that will be a very early indicator in terms of how that night's uh, going to roll out tomorrow.
0: There, if you like me are a nerd and do follow these numbers, even with my misgivings, uh, if you follow these numbers, you will have seen over the past number of weeks and months, even that Joe Biden has. You know, enjoyed some leads that were even well outside the margin of error in not just nationwide polling, which I'd caution you against, you know, putting too much stock in that. But in the the battleground states uh, across this country, we were seeing uh, Joe Biden with some with with a real advantage. Somehow over the past like three or four days, that has narrowed. And there is uh, on 24 hour cable news networks and newspapers and in fact, in talk (laughs) radio programs like my own. (laughs) Added attention being paid to the polls. Is this some kind of game the pollsters are playing on us, or is there some kind of fundamental shift in the attitude of America's voting public? Yeah, you know,
1: things do always tend to tighten towards the end, Uh, although I do think we should uh, make a pitch for tomorrow that we should have a donut contest that would actually be the most scientific poll we could take. Uh, we even have offers of cream puffs. I think from oh, the other side of the glass. I mean, so, uh, I think that could do it. Uh, but the, but there is a natural tendency to tighten, and the the reason for the tightening is not that the race is changing, but the partisans are just locking in. Mm-hmm. So in other words, those who were Biden people all along are just locked in and say, "Okay, I've cast my vote," or "I'm I'm in there." Same thing on the Republican side, and so the the tightening is more about the partisan. Uh, hard Democrats, hard Republicans uh, than it is whether the race is, is really having a lot
0: of movement. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, fascinating. So we'll see. And again, you know, on, on the eve of Election Day, uh, I'm just filling time by talking about <laughs> polls tomorrow. And in the pursuing weeks, we're going to have actual results. So that'll be fun to follow. <laughs> results and, are a good thing. <laughs> and much more consequential than polls. <laughs> uh, you, you caught my ear this morning as I was listening to your uh, radio program. You you offered a monologue in uh, as you wrapped up the program, and it talked about this principle of praying for the pilot. What what were you talking about? Yeah, it was a fascinating thing.
1: Uh, A a niece of mine uh, had found it. It was in the uh, Davenport, Iowa. Uh, Oh, don't tell me. I I know Davenport. You know Davenport, right? It's all, uh, we we read it regularly. Oh, yeah. Quad City Times. It was just a a regular old letter to the editor, Uh, but it was really good. This guy, he got on a plane and uh, saw the pilot go in, lock the door, you know, get in there, and then he started wondering about the pilot. You know, Is he a good pilot? Is he a bad pilot? Did he uh, drop out of pilot school? Was he the number one rated pilot? Was he the worst pilot? Uh, but then he started thinking, I guess it doesn't really matter because I'm on the plane with the pilot. And so I better hope for the best and pray for the best for the pilot. And because it, when a plane crashes there there are no winners <laughs> right uh, at all, and so then he he likened that to where we are as a country and and he even talked about again this guy writing to the uh, the Iowa paper there uh, that hey, as a nation, you know whether you wanted Barack Obama or not, whether you wanted Hillary Clinton, whether you wanted Donald Trump, whether you want Joe Biden, in the end, whoever is chosen as the pilot, even if it's and especially if it 's not the pilot, you would have chosen. You still got to hope for the best because you want that pilot to succeed. And I think the same applies whether you're talking about the pilot of the country as the president, whether it's the pilot of a state as a governor, whether it's a member of Congress, a local mayor or or county council person. uh, We all should pray for the pilot and hope for the best because we're all on this plane together
0: uh, and the division doesn't help us uh, if the plane's going down. Yeah. I o- observed in the in the early days and months and even first couple years of the uh, Trump administration, th- that attitude was pervasive. You would see a lot, even from Speaker Pelosi and yeah. others, talking about the office of the presidency and how we all ought to be rooting and pulling for the office of president, reg- agree or disagree, have voted for or have voted against. And you know, Just as you put it, we got to be pulling forward the skipper of the ship or the yeah. pilot of the airplane. Yeah. Uh, you, you said something a moment ago. Uh, it doesn't matter if it was the top of the class or uh, the least performing. <laughs> Reminds me of a joke. Uh, what do you call? What do you call, Boyd? Uh, what do you call uh, the person who finishes last in medical school? <laughs>
1: Probably rich. You
0: call them doctor. <laughs> oh, doc- <laughs> as they there drive away in their Jaguar. <laughs> That's
1: right. That is exactly right. <laughs>
0: Boyd Matheson, with inside Sources, is also opinion editor of the Deseret News. Uh, you are participating in uh, our super heavy hitting coverage of election night tomorrow, kicking off at five p.m. here on KSL News Radio. Very much looking forward to that, uh, Boyd. Thank you for your time today. Best of luck to you over the next twenty-four hours we'll take it. or number of weeks, however things <laughs> shake out. It'll be good. And the thing we have to remember, yeah, Wednesday morning
1: will come. Tuesday is really important, but it's the first Wednesday of November uh, that actually drives the country.
0: That's the way. Uh, Boyd Matheson, thanks again for your time. We're going to take a a quick break right now. When we return, uh, I want to have a look at some third-party candidates. Now, every four years, this conversation comes up. What will be the impact of the third-party candidates? Well, there are some arguments to be made this year that the impact will be felt heavier than ever before. We'll find out how true that is next on Live Mike.